Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. History has known countless traitors, usurpers, double agents, and assassins. However, sometimes when a supposed traitor speaks out against a ruler or the state, they are later vindicated by the course of events that followed. I'm Ewan, this is War Culture, and here are 8 traitors who were proven right. Number 8. Athens needed to be more like Sparta to survive. Socrates. Socrates operated through question and debate. While this helped him to find the answers he sought, more often than not, it also rubbed people the wrong way. His paradoxical style of questioning usually left the Athenian ruling classes bemused and ultimately belittled, and Socrates wasn't afraid to take them to task in full view of the public. Now, Socrates did not want Sparta and its allies to defeat Athens. Rather, he wanted his home city to be more like her enemies, in order to secure victory. But his criticisms of Athens were misinterpreted, perhaps deliberately, as being contrary to Athens' best interests. Socrates was sentenced to death and ordered to drink poison. Even though they claimed to cherish democracy and free speech, the Athenians condemned Socrates to death for exercising his right to free speech. In doing so, they proved his criticisms correct. By that point, however, the rot had set in, and Athens was replaced as the preeminent power in Greece by the smaller and seemingly less sophisticated Spartans that Socrates so admired. Number 7. Caesar had to die for the Republic to live. Marcus Brutus, Decimus Brutus, and Gaius Cassius. Caesar had been appointed dictator in 49 BC, 48 BC, and again in 46 BC. In ancient Rome, the position of dictator didn't mean the same as it does today. When someone was appointed dictator, it was a temporary measure taken during a crisis when it was felt that the state needed to be led by a single master. However, the conspirators felt Caesar had overstretched his remit and feared he would not relinquish his powers. Gathering together like-minded senators into a collective they called the Liberators, they assassinated Caesar on the 15th of March, 44 BC, during a Senate meeting. Claiming that they had killed a tyrant, the Liberators soon saw any public support they might have hoped for evaporate. Pursued by an alliance of Caesar's close friend Mark Antony and adopted son Octavian, the Liberators were hunted down. Ironically, 
likely, their actions may have hastened the demise of the Republic. Following Caesar's death, Antony and Octavian divided the Republic between them and then turned on each other. When Octavian defeated Antony, he was granted many of the same powers that Caesar had been himself, and later became the first Roman Emperor, taking the name Augustus. Had the conspirators left Caesar to his own devices, he may have been overthrown as a tyrant by the people, as many other autocratic rulers had been in Rome's past. But in killing Caesar, the liberators created a martyr, and the ensuing chaos that followed his murder led many Roman people to believe that only a single man could possibly maintain order. Number 6. King Richard II was a tyrant surrounded by fools and traitors. Thomas de Mowbray, first Duke of Norfolk. Early in the reign of Richard II of England, de Mowbray was a leading member of a group known as the Lord's Appellant, who took up arms against the king. These men believed that Richard II had become little more than a tyrant, surrounded by favourites to encourage the young king's baser instincts. Having seen off the sycophants surrounding the king, de Mowbray stood up for Richard when the other Lord's Appellant called for the monarch to be deposed. Reconciling with Richard, de Mowbray soon rose in power and became a crucial player in keeping keeping the king on his throne. Then, in 1397, de Mowbray became embroiled in a quarrel with Henry Bolingbroke, Richard II's cousin and possible successor, given that the king had no children. Each man accused the other of treason, and Parliament decreed they settled their dispute through ritual combat. Richard II intervened and had both men exiled instead. Thomas de Mowbray spent the rest of his life on the European mainland, dying on the 22nd of September 1399. A month earlier, Henry Bolingbroke had returned to England to overthrow Richard II, who was formally deposed on the 1st of October 1399. Bolingbroke became king as Henry IV. Number 5. Taking on anti-Catholic discrimination Robert Catesby and the Gunpowder Plot Catesby wasn't motivated by a desire to free England and Scotland from a tyrannical monarch. Rather, he just sought equal rights for Catholics. He wasn't a religious zealot. Catesby had married a Protestant, and his children had been raised in the Protestant faith. Catesby and other Catholics in England had hoped the accession of James VI of Scotland to the English throne in 1603 as James I might bring about a cessation of hostility towards Catholics, following years of persecution under Elizabeth. Elizabeth I and Edward VI before her. Unfortunately, despite his late mother's adherence to Catholicism and his own seemingly moderate views, James VI and I turned out to be just as anti-Catholic as his predecessors. Exasperated, Catesby became convinced that the only way to effect change would be to replace the current regime. As we know, the plan to blow up James in Parliament failed. Catesby was killed in a shootout with James's soldiers, and the rest of the plotters were executed. A backlash against Catholics ensued across the country. Did the gunpowder plot actually exacerbate the persecution of Catholics? It's debatable, but what is true is that Catholics continued to be treated with suspicion and were excluded from high office for hundreds of years after Catesby's death. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Number four, Parliament was a threat to King Charles I, Thomas Wentworth, the first Earl of Stratford. Thomas Wentworth wasn't a yes man. Despite a reputation for bluntness, Wentworth worked long and hard to find a compromise between the Commons and the Crown. When both factions refused to budge, Wentworth was forced to choose sides. This is when he backed the King and remained faithful to him until the end. His own end, to be precise. Wentworth was promoted to Lord Deputy of Ireland in 1632. He effectively ruled the island as both military, governor, and civilian administrator. While Wentworth was away, the rift between the English Parliament and the King grew ever wider. The situation got worse for Charles when his quarrels with the Scottish Parliament escalated into a full-scale conflict. With the English Parliament unwilling to support a war against the Scots unless their grievances were addressed, King Charles I turned to Wentworth to help him. Outraged that his fellow Englishmen would not fight on the side of their king, Wentworth became convinced that many in Parliament were now effectively enemies of Charles. For its part, Parliament saw Wentworth as a threat to its plans to bring the king to the negotiating table. In a reversal of his earlier stance, Wentworth suggested that the king raise money however he deemed necessary, and reminded Charles that he had an army in Ireland that he could use to, as he put it, reduce this kingdom. The English Parliament claimed that Wentworth meant for Charles, to use the army against them, while Wentworth responded he was referring to the Scots. The anti-Wentworth faction passed an act of attainder against him. Though King Charles assured Wentworth that he wouldn't face too harsh a punishment, Parliament pushed the King to sign Wentworth's death warrant, and the Earl was duly executed on the 12th of May, 1641. Any of those parliamentarians who had forced the King to order the death of his faithful servant would soon go to war against King Charles, just as Wentworth had feared. In 1649, after defeating the Royalists, Parliament had the King himself executed. Number 3. James II wasn't fit to sit on the throne. James Scott, the first Duke of Monmouth. The illegitimate son of Charles II, Scott was born into a privileged position. Popular with the nobility and the common man, like many illegitimate royal children, Scott could have lived quite happily in a life of luxury. However, Scott was convinced that Charles II had in fact been secretly married to Lucy Walter, Scott's mother, when the then-exiled king was living in Europe during the period of the English Commonwealth, 
itself that followed the Civil War. Though Charles II acknowledged James Scott as his natural son, he refuted to the end any claims that he had ever been married to Lucy Walter. So when Charles II died in 1685, it was his younger brother James II who succeeded him. Scott's popularity with the masses and alleged involvement in plots against the king had forced him to live abroad for a time. When his father died, Scott felt he was secure enough to make his move. Unfortunately, it was a case of bad timing. Returning to England shortly after his Charles II's death, the Duke of Monmouth hoped to raise an army and overthrow his uncle. Although he managed to gather together many supporters, it was not enough to take on the new king's army, and Monmouth's rebellion was swiftly crushed. Monmouth was found guilty of treason and thusly executed. Opposition to James II's religion, and even more so the opposition to his belief in the absolute power of the monarchy, led the people to rise up against him. Even some of the commanders who had suppressed Monmouth's rebellion, such as John Churchill, turned their backs on James II. Parliament then invited Mary, James II's own daughter, to invade England with her husband William of Orange in 1688, and the king was overthrown in the Glorious Revolution. Number 2. France was being ruled by tyrants and autocrats, the Fronde. There were two separate Fronde movements. One was led by the nobility, the other by the French Parliament. While they sometimes fought each other, the two factions made common cause in their opposition to what they saw as the increasingly autocratic rule of Louis XIV. The rebellion was eventually crushed when its most gifted commander, the Viscount of Touraine, permanently switched sides to support the king. Although the rebels continued to fight on until the late 1650s, the conflict mostly moved beyond France's borders to subsidiary fields of battle. The monarchy, far from weakening after the Fronde, took a harder line than before, and successive French kings became increasingly autocratic and ignorant of the concerns of the ruling classes and the plight of the ordinary people. Had the Fronde succeeded in checking royal power, the French revolutions of the 18th and 19th centuries might not have occurred, and France might have remained a monarchy. And number 1. Germany couldn't fight on two fronts and win. Rudolf Hess Let's be abundantly clear, we are not saying Rudolf Hess is in any way a hero, someone to admire, or that he should be exonerated. Hess was a Nazi. There is no such thing as a good Nazi. But he was correct when he realized Germany could not fight a war on two fronts and hope to win. Though the Luftwaffe had failed to conquer Britain in 1940, thanks to the valiant efforts of the RAF Hurricanes and Spitfires manned by pilots from across the globe, plus a handy little invention called radar, Hitler wrongly believed he had the United Kingdom stuck in a stalemate. Therefore, in Hitler's mind, Germany was in a position to safely attack the Soviet Union. When Hess learned of the plans for the offensive, he decided he had to act. He was convinced Germany could not defeat the Soviets while Britain and her empire was still a threat, and attempted to negotiate a peace settlement. Having opened the dialogue with the Duke of Hamilton, who Hess wrongly believed represented a British faction opposed to the war, he took a plane and flew to where the Duke lived in Scotland on the 10th of May 1941. Hess left behind a letter explaining his self-appointed mission to Hitler, who, unsurprisingly, 
went ballistic at the perceived betrayal. Hitler ordered that if Hess ever returned to Germany, he was to be shot on sight. As for Hess's plan, the Duke of Hamilton was not an appeaser as Hess had hoped. The Duke handed him over to Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who realized Hess had no authority whatsoever to broker a peace between Germany and Britain. Hess was imprisoned for the rest of the war before being returned to Germany for the Nuremberg trials. Sentenced to life imprisonment, Hess was held in the notorious Spandau prison in West Germany, where he remained until 1987 when he took his own life. As for Hess's prediction, Hitler launched the invasion of the Soviet Union on the 22nd of June 1941, and despite initial successes, he could not match the manpower and resources of the Red Army, who crushed the Nazis and drove them back all the way to Berlin following a decisive victory at Stalingrad in 1943. Nor could Hitler keep Britain out of the war either. Once the Americans joined the war in late 1941, Britain became the launch. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Pad for the liberation of Europe. 